Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Believe in UCLA, the UCLA sports podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. My name is Sam Conan, and I am joined once again by my co-host, Travis Reed. Travis, how's it going, man? Going pretty good. Uh, UCLA football is number nine right now, I believe, in the AP, and their basketball team is number eight. So I'm feeling pretty good about myself. Yeah, it's it's not a bad spot to be in for for the Bruins. Uh, it's It's been a big week. It's going to be a big week ahead. We're here to talk about it. Uh, UCLA football, they took care of business against Arizona State on the road, got a little close down the stretch, a little too close for comfort, but they pulled off that road win. They uh they they held on, improved to eight and one on the season, matches their best start since two thousand five. So Travis and I will be breaking that down. UCLA men's basketball starts their season against Sacramento State on Monday night. Uh, we're we're recording this Sunday, so we're gonna preview that game and the season as a whole. Go through, make our predictions, uh, see see where these Bruins are, are see where they lie. I guess uh, see what our expectations are for them. Um, and then I, we're not going to have a segment dedicated to it or anything, but I think it's pretty cool, so I'll shout it out. Uh, UCLA women's basketball also starts their season tomorrow on Monday night uh, against Cal Poly, and they're they're playing at Poly Pavilion right before UCLA men's basketball starts. So it's a it's a doubleheader for those two teams, and you usually don't get that. So that's that's pretty pretty cool for students or people on campus. But the really cool thing about it is that Gabriela Jaquez is going to be playing and making her collegiate debut for UCLA women's basketball while her older brother Jaime will be starting his senior season for the men's team later that night. So uh, it's going to be a big night for the Hawkes family for sure. Uh, got Gabriela <laughs> and Jaime. That'll be fun to watch. Definitely keep an eye on that. Um, so before we get into all of those topics, make sure uh, wherever you're listening, if it's on Spotify, Amazon, Apple, I don't know how you're listening. You can find us anywhere, but make sure you turn on notifications, subscribe to the feed, all that fun stuff to make sure you get our future episodes. Basketball is back and Bet Online remains your number one source for all of your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Bet online is always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online, where the game starts. With that out of the way, Travis, let's dive right into this football game. UCLA beats Arizona State 50-36. to 36. Absolute shootout. <laughs> High-scoring game. The offense was pretty much cooking from, from almost start to finish. DTR had a, an interception on his first attempt, and then from that point on, it was, was near perfect passing the ball. Uh, he didn't get too many chances in the fourth quarter, but they, they stuck to the ground game 
racked up over 400 rushing yards. First time the Chip Kelly era, their most rushing yards. And I think since 2013, it was pretty much a decade. That running performance by, by UCLA was insane on, on its own, just without context. But then you add the context of Zach Charbonnet wasn't playing. And you say, oh, they got 400 yards rushing without Zach Charbonnet, <laughs> a dark horse Heisman candidate who's, who's leading the nation in yards per game. That's insane. And so that's how they won the game. Their defense was was not particularly good. Uh, DTR wasn't slinging it all over the place. He, he had some good throws, and he made the ones he needed to, and he was good. Um, but it was DTR running, Kaz Allen running, Keegan Jones, best game he's ever had by far, and Colson Yankoff coming in to uh, to ice it with that rushing touchdown late. So, Travis, watching that game, what were your impressions, your takeaways, and, and what were kind of the biggest storylines to come out of that for you? Well, no, obviously the rushing was uh, stupendous. I felt like you, you had I, look, and this is just, I, I'm biased, but I think Charbonnet is the best running back in the country. I think he's, I think he should be a first round pick. I, I heard uh, uh, Todd McShay said he was like a third or third rounder, maybe, maybe. Yeah, he, he was, like, he was the the sideline at a, a yeah, wherever at, he at was the, for that Stanford, Stanford again. And I was just like, <laughs> I was like, wait, what? He's yeah. the, he should be a first round pick. He was making um, himself look like a fool with all that. Come on. I like, know. I was like a third round pick, really, for him, <laughs> for, for Charbonnet? I think he said third or fourth. Yeah, he said I'm third like, or okay, fourth. I, I get that running backs aren't drafted super high anymore. But, like, I don't the know. Special I ones feel are... like he should be like the when Jonathan Taylor was coming out of Wisconsin and he was like an early second rounder. I feel like that's that's kind of where Charbonnet is probably going to go. I mean, look, the special ones win. I mean, everybody forgets that. Uh, little Fournette went number four, you know, to Jacksonville. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. not saying he, you know, is you know, you know, he's done his thing in the NFL. Obviously, he's the, the, the Jaguars got rid of him after three years or four yeah. years, whatever it was. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe, I mean, he's you know, he's the best idea. Super, Bowl, Super Bowl champ and sure, all that, whatever sure. you know, with Tampa Bay. Well, he's good, good running back. But what yeah. I'm saying is, they spent the fourth pick on him. Think about Ezekiel Elliott went number four with Dallas. I mean, don't get me wrong. I understand what you know where NFL they they don't. They don't look at it as, as a, you know, like a uh, quote-unquote high draft pick position. But I think he's he, he's worth it. That's one. But uh, two, yeah, the, the, up, the crazy thing is, yeah, they did all this without an NFL running back. A true yes, and that's, and that's what makes back. it so special because the fact that they ran 400 yards, 400 yards of rushing without the best running back in the country is sensational. You know, I don't know any school, even the bigger schools, Alabama, Georgia, all those schools, they don't do that. So that's, you know, what stuck out to me. Obviously, um, UCLA scoring 50 points or whatever, you know, something like that on the road, uh, big. And, you know, Arizona's not, they're not terrible. They're not terrible. I think the Pac-12, I mean, the Pac, yeah, the Pac-12 has, I think, five team, five teams ranked. You know, Washington, yeah. UCLA. Yeah, Washington. It, it was Oregon State at 24, and then Washington beat them. And now, yeah, now they're ranked. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Washington, UCLA, uh, USC, uh, you know, Oregon. Like, I mean, I, and Utah. So five teams, you know, out of the conference. Are ranked. And not only that, four of them is in the top, like, 14, 13. And I think um, uh, I'm just – you know, I think this is one of the best years I've seen in the Pac-12 in football in a really, really long time. 
and it's so balanced. I think at the top to where like you got your Oregon, you got SC, you got UCLA, you got Utah. I mean, those four uh, are really doing well. And like I said, I'm just glad UCLA is in the mix. You know, they've already hit their goal that me and you bet earlier in the season. They've already <laughs> almost hit it. We said eight or nine wins. They're already yeah. at eight or nine wins now. Yeah. So, yeah, it's going to be – now we can officially say uh, after this win countdown, two weeks to SC. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, the Arizona game this coming week is like at the um, – I think it was the S&P Plus projections um, from, from Bill Connolly at ESPN. I'll, I'll double-check that. But it had UCLA as a 94% chance of winning. It had them covering the 18.5-point spread. So – uh, while this Arizona State game this past weekend was seen by many as a trap game, this Arizona game coming up is is not. I think Even there's more. something like two. I, I, I with the Arizona State game there there was thing. Oh, it's in the desert on the road late in the season. These Pac-12 things that happens and it almost did. It started off bad, almost ended really bad, and <laughs> and, and and UCLA avoided the trap game. This Arizona game coming up is not a trap game. They're just going to absolutely bum rush them absolutely completely demolish them um but going back to the rushing thing before uh, we move on and talk about some other things from this game 403 rushing yards i'm pretty sure it was i'm looking at this ohio state game they beat northwestern it was, it was closer than a lot of people anticipated uh ohio state is number two team in the country nine and oh playing northwestern who's one and eight <laughs> only only wins by two touchdowns kind of a gross game for that it was windy and rainy so Ohio State had to run the ball a lot and Ohio State running the ball when their quarterback wasn't having a good game going against a bad team they run for 211 yards UCLA doubled that <laughs> so that that's the the craziest thing for me is just how they, they were efficient they a- averaged almost 10 yards per carry the volume was insane over 400 total and just the, the different guys who were doing it. DTR had officially had 120 yards on 10 carries, but he lost 10 yards on two sacks. College is stupid and counts those as negative rushing yards. I've been over this a billion times. I hate it. Just do what the NFL does. They're, they're not rushing yards. So effectively, he had 130 yards on eight carries. <laughs> That's just insane. It, for for two touchdowns, I think it was on the, on, on the ground. Yep. Uh, and so he was incredibly efficient. Kaz Allen had a 75 yard run. He also had a, a, a then an end around a pitch pass that he took 34 yards. Another run he took up the middle for 40. He was a big play guy. Keegan Jones, I was saying, had the best game of his UCLA career. Almost broke 100. He, he was just he was really good. He was seeing holes, um, going downfield better than he has all year past few years. Colson Yankoff, and he came in as a quarterback transferring from Washington to to back up DTR. Didn't work out, moved to receiver, got injured, has some pretty serious injuries these past few years. Finally comes back, got some some play against was it Alabama State and Colorado earlier in the year when they're winning these blowouts. Now he's playing in a meaningful game. They brought him in to actually ice it. And you got this big absolute train of a guy just dragging dudes Nine yards, seven yards, 22 yards, I think it was, in that second-to-last carry. And then he comes in on the goal line and punches in for six. So that's great to see. I, I think one of the biggest concerns 
of the team as a whole was Zach Charbon is great, but that depth at running back is is a red flag. And then you hear that he's not warming up with the first team. You see him on the sideline. He doesn't get the first snap, doesn't play the first two drives. And then you're like, oh, no. <laughs> this red flag is actually going to come into play because Zach Charbonnet is not going to play against the team we actually need to beat. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. it doesn't matter because the offensive line had its best blocking game of the year by far. The, the holes those guys were opening up were insane. Uh, it, the run blocking by the interior linemen, Duke Clemens, John Gaines, Antonio Maffi, has been incredible. Like I, I don't know if they have guard awards versus center versus interior linemen, but those guys better be semifinalists. They're, they've been amazing all year, and Saturday just really, really nailed that down, how great they've been. And, and UCLA is taking advantage of that because they're actually producing. Uh, and these guys who maybe had question marks about them uh, Kaz Allen's a receiver Colson Yankoff is a former quarterback Keegan Jones has been probably UCLA's least efficient option at running back the last three four years and those guys all succeed because this offensive line is paving the way for them and it's it it looks great it's fun to watch <laughs> no well they do have offensive linemen of the year I know that in college I don't know what was for, for, for yeah, I, I don't know how many positional awards. Is it just tackle and guard? Is it center and yeah, yeah. not center? Is it five? I, I don't know. Well, what I did notice is that um, DTR and the co- they demand a lot of them, you know, uh, and they're stepping up to the challenge. Uh, I think Stanford was kind of hitting DTR a lot last game. And mm-hmm. you could tell he was getting frustrated and yelling as yelling at the offensive line. So I think this game, maybe they took it personal and they was like, okay, we are going to just destroy Arizona State, who does have a good, a decent, decent defensive line. They have some talent. And they have linebackers. They, they've got guys there. Yeah, they got some good, you know, got some good talent. Don't get me wrong, a lot of it kind of left when the coach left and a lot of the fire left when he got fired. But yeah, that happens. You know, yeah, and but I think that you know UCLA, the run game is so sensational to where it makes the play action for DTR and like Bobo and all them just like hard to guard because their run game is just out of this world right now. I think you know, you know they they've been rushing like two hundred plus for like the last four or five games straight. It seems like, and they're peaking. They're the offensive line is kind of peaking at the right time because remember. The first time I saw this offensive line was the first game of the season. They give up a strip sack fumble touchdown for the defense on the uh, against Bowling Green. So imagine, remember that offensive line? Oh to, yeah, that was the the pump block. That's what it was. Yeah. No, no, it was the Bowling was the very first game of the season. The very first play, DTR went back. He gets sacked, strip fumble. They Bowling Green runs back for a touchdown. They was they were down to Bowling Green like 17-0 or whatever it was. Now imagine that offensive line to what the offensive line is today. And you just see a great deal of improvement. So um yeah, I'm I'm like sky's the limit because they can block anybody. Yeah, I, I think talking about DTR for a second, the the energy and swagger and personality he was playing with was just so fun to watch. And he's talking trash, brushing off his jersey, blowing kisses to the Arizona State bench and to the crowd <laughs> after runs. He's getting hit by guy, hit 
yeah, he's getting hit and stiff arms and points at them. And somebody come pick this guy up. And after he scored that touchdown, oh my God, to the Fox camera. I mean, he he was loving it, hurdling guys, spin moves, jukes. Just it's really great to see when he doesn't have the highest volume, best passing game. And and he was good. I think he was 13 and 19 after that game opening pick. And after the interception, his passer rating was like 177. So he was really good. But the the game plan, the the pace of the game didn't demand for him to pass a lot, and he still made his impact like very, very strongly. Like he really made his presence felt on this game without having to pass the ball 40 times, which mm-hmm. is just something you love to see from your dual threat quarterback. Um no, it, no, yeah, the, the offense as a whole, great. And DTR was really the engine on Saturday. No, definitely he's showing why. He should be in the like in the Maxwell Maxwell uh, Award, yeah, you know, for best best college quarterback. He should be in that mix, and he should be in the mix for the Heisman because he's 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 took his game to another level. I thought it was really good last year, but this year he's even went to another level. You know, like he's so much better than he was this year than he was last year, and last year he was good, and so. And the same with uh, Charbonnet. I think Charbonnet was good last year, but this year is on another level. And hence those two has brought the level up for the whole team. And they are, you know, basically on another level as a team. Now, obviously they got the huge one in two weeks and then we'll see where, where it goes after that. But um, I'm, I, you know, there's it's speechless to me how good this UCLA team is. Because I really haven't seen a, this team this good since I was in college with Kate McNown, you know? Yeah. The the craziest thing is, I agree, this is probably the best UCLA team. I don't know, one of those more teams got 10 wins and they had Huntley and Jonathan Franklin or uh, Miles Jack. Like those those teams were really talented, really good, contended for Pac-12 titles. Um, then you have to go all the way back to 05, 98. This team is, is right up there on that tier. And the craziest part is, they don't have a good defense. <laughs> like to to be that good of a team without a good defense is that's that's an that's an accomplishment because <laughs> I mean we're we're talking so glowingly about the the run game and DTR and and Charbonnet's season so far and all these things and they almost blew a twenty four point lead in the second half because their defense just could not stop Trenton Borgay. And, and and Borgay is really good. He he was thrown all over the place. Um, he that that's a high volume passer right there against Washington, Colorado, and then against UCLA. Put up big numbers, and, and he really impressed up until the interception on the last drive. But wow, I don't know what it is. I mean, Bill McGovern uh, missed the second straight game with an illness. He wasn't there. wasn't up in the box calling the defense. So it's up to Clancy Pendergast and and the kind of calling it by committee, as Chip Kelly has said. Um. Yeah. Not good. Not 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 good. I I don't want to dive too far into it. Uh, there were missed tackles. They took out the starters a little earlier than they should have, and then they had to throw them back in. And and they were playing prevent defense when, again, they probably should have kept their foot on the gas. Fumble cost them on an exchange from DTR to Kaz. It's tough. I mean, he's a receiver, and now he's expected to be the starting running back. Probably don't have the timing right, and that just puts the defense on their heels again there there were problems 
it, it, UCLA needed to score 50 points to win that game, which, <laughs> which is not, which is not ideal. <laughs> I know Arizona's defense is trash. USC's defense is not very good. I mean, Cal put up points in them. Cal's offense is atrocious. So maybe you can beat those teams in a shootout, but yikes. I, I mean, I, I just, as good as I feel about the team as a whole, I'm still just down on this defense until they, they really have a dominant game. They, they were good against Stanford for like three quarters and, until garbage time hit and Stanford racked up a lot of yards late, but I don't know. Seeing, seeing games like that makes me think, wow, when Caleb Williams gets to face this defense, is he going to throw for 500 yards and five touchdowns? Is he going to do even better than Bo Nix did? So yeah, I feel good about the team. Uh, they're, they're, pretty much locked up 10 wins to beat SC to go to the Pac-12 championship game. But yeah, I, not feeling great about the defense, Travis. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I I can't even say nothing. I can't really defend it. I think, think uh, if you notice there, like, you know, them UCLA and SC defense is trash because what did the, the quarterback from Cal thought for was 400? It's like four he, something, four yeah, touchdowns. I, he had by far his best game of the season and Cal had played an FCS opponent and like a group of fives and a crappy yeah, non-conference yeah, and, yeah. and still Plummer had his best game of the season. No, no. I mean, he, and he threw, like I said, he threw for like almost 400 or not four. I know he threw for more than Caleb Williams threw and Caleb Williams threw for like 340 yards. So I think, like I said, that, that game, like you were talking about probably will be, a 45-42 shootout against <laughs> SC because, like you said, both offenses are tremendous and both defenses are not so good. So do I think if UCLA, you know, beats SC in a shootout, can they beat Oregon? Maybe. I'll say with different circumstances. Yeah, man, maybe. Who knows? Yeah. But if they play like let's just say a Georgia and say they were a four seed and they had to play a Georgia, it would be a butt whooping, you know, because yeah. Georgia plays great <laughs> on offense and defense. So yeah, um, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see. I, I think the defense just clean some things up, like you said, like they were missing a single caller. That's big. They have to clean some things up these next couple of weeks, uh, especially. Let's just start with Arizona. Let's not even worry about SC. Let's start with Arizona uh, Saturday, and then like just. Okay, you know, like clean some things up because I, I don't really necessarily think that you need to be Georgia, right? Nobody's Georgia but Georgia. But maybe instead of a team throwing for 350, let them throw for 275 or 250. <laughs> yeah, you so know? it's not that high of a bar. Yeah, you <laughs> the, know what I'm saying? Expectations aren't crazy high. Just, yeah, yeah. Again, we, we were talking about for years and then we were talking about it midseason and into the Oregon game. What if this Chip Kelly run UCLA team? had a competent defense and it turns out the team is really good when they have an average defense, their defense is kind of starting to slip into below average territory. <laughs> and and yeah, I know that yeah. the count stats don't really show it. The yards per play, the, the total yards allowed per game. They're kind of towards the top of the conference in those stats. But I mean, the eye test, the, the personnel, I don't know. Not don't feel great, but yeah, the Arizona games coming up next kicking off at the Rose bowl, uh, another late one, seven 30, a little after seven 30 start on Saturday. And then yeah, SC games after that. So that's, that's the big one. It's looking like 
because UCLA is playing Arizona and, and USC, I think is playing Colorado. Yeah. Uh, yeah they're Colorado on Friday. Both probably going to be entering that game nine and one. That'll be fun. It's we'll true. talk about it. It's, <laughs> it's the game of the year, probably in the pac 12. And the craziest thing is that same day is going to be Oregon, Utah. So that that's gonna dis- that day will decide who's playing in the the conference championship. Game. Isn't that really isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? Because I think they play Washington plays Oregon this week, mm-hmm. and then the next week they play Utah. And well, Oregon play- has the toughest strength of schedule of those top four teams remaining. Yeah, um, and I mean USC only has Colorado and then UCLA, and then they're done because they play Notre Dame after that, um, which, yeah, which obviously doesn't impact. The Pac-12 championship game. So no, it, that's not an easy strategy. But I mean, they'll whoop Colorado, and then it's just it's very simple for SC. It's I mean, it's kind of simple for anyone. There's a couple games left. Well, just went out, beat beat the teams you need to, and then those two head-to-head games next week will be really really fun. Yeah. Do you think? Uh, let me ask you this: Do you think uh, 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 Oregon runs the table as far as they beat Washington? Uh, Utah and then Oregon State because that's a tough gauntlet the next three games. Um, they, they beat all three. I think because off the top of my head, I think the Oregon Washington game is in Eugene. I'm pretty sure yeah. it's at Oregon, so yeah. I think they win both, that. Both and then the next one's at U- and then, Oregon too. Last yeah. one's at Oregon State. Yeah, the at Oregon State that's a trap game. The the civil I, they don't they don't call it the Civil War anymore. I forget what they call it now. Whatever it is. Um, that that'll be a tough one. I mean, Oregon State was ranked coming into this week, and they lost to a now ranked Washington team by one touchdown. So, Oregon is—I don't know if they will run the table, but I mean, they right now. If I'm picking a Pac-12 champion, it's them. They're the best team in the Pac-12. Um, but I don't know to to win all three of those. Definitely a tall task. I think if you're UCLA, you want Oregon to win out, and obviously you want you to win out if you're UCLA then <laughs> you have 11 and one UCLA against 11 and one Oregon and the winner of that thanks to Clemson's loss and Alabama's loss and who knows if TCU will lose these next few weeks and they play Texas. Georgia losing to Tennessee or Georgia beating Tennessee mm-hmm. all these different things a one loss Pac-12 champion will probably get into the college football playoff so if you're UCLA and you play Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game, then if you win, you're that one loss Pac-12 champion. You can be the four seed in the college football football playoff. That's make it for the first time ever. It's an amazing accomplishment. If you lose to Oregon, then Oregon's good enough to go to the Pac-12 to the college football playoff. And then you're the next next Pac-12 team up, which means you go to the Rose Bowl. So just make it if it's Oregon, UCLA in the Pac-12 championship game. It's a win-win for UCLA fans. Either go to the playoff or you go to the Rose Bowl. So that, that'll be fun. So UCLA fans should definitely be rooting for Oregon to run the table because that's the situation it sets up. Well, you figure it's, a like you said, elimination games for USC, UCLA, Oregon. Oregon. Well, not necessarily Oregon. U- UCLA, USC, and Utah. Because uh, I, I think Oregon, like you said, like I think since it's in Oregon, I think they beat Washington this week. Um, but unless they look, Let's let's say do use Washington as a trap game, even though how could you use a ranked team as a trap game? Uh to get but to yeah, Utah. like get caught looking ahead. I get yeah. Yeah, yeah. look at get you know, because Utah's obviously a top top 14, top 12 team right now. So like you said, I think whatever teams, all three teams basically could play ranked teams to win. 
if UCLA goes, they beat Arizona, a ranked top 10 UCLA team. And then they play whoever's the last game. Uh, and then they play, like you said, Oregon in the, in another top top five team. If they win, they you know they they possibly go to the playoff. USC has uh, top ten UCLA. Uh, they have top twenty or top top twenty uh, Notre Dame, and then they a top ten Oregon. So they can get to the college playoff. And same with uh, uh, Oregon. They have ranked, 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 or Oregon State might be ranked when they play them. Um, and then they have Pac-12 champs, so they can play rank, 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 you know, four ranked, and they yeah. should go, you know. So I think uh, this is what they call, what they say, tell the truth Saturday, you know. <laughs> uh, tell the truth coming down saying, like, tell the, whatever team you are uh, in these next coming weeks, you will know what how good you really are. Yeah, for sure. So definitely keep an eye on that. We'll be talking about it. Uh, there will be plenty to talk about for UCLA and the Pac-12 as a whole. It'll be a fun couple of weeks for sure. So let's move on, Travis, and talk some UCLA men's basketball. Teams getting started Monday against Sacramento State. Uh, we've talked about this team a lot over the past couple of months, just who they've added, who's left, who's come in, uh, mm-hmm. the rotation, the expectations. There, there's a lot going on with this team. They lose Johnny Juzang, Jules Bernard, Cody Riley, Miles Johnson, Jake Kyman, Peyton Watson. <laughs> as I say it, it sounds like a lot of names, but also like Peyton Watson was a little disappointed. He's a freshman last year. Cody, uh, after that knee injury to start the year, came back and was kind of shaky. Miles Johnson never really fit in on offense. And uh, Johnny Juzang was really high volume. His efficiency went down as uh, he went from year one to year two. So, I'm not saying addition by subtraction. I've said how much I hate that, but there are certain things that leave alongside their talent and production. So they can replace it with more efficient players or different types of players. There, there's, it's going to be a very different team. It's a Mick Cronin team and it'll be defense oriented. And, and when it comes to the coaching and lineup decisions, that'll come first. But in terms of the personnel, it is a very different team, but because we've talked so much about that, I thought Travis, because the season's starting on Monday. Let's go game by game. Yep. And see where we're picking them to finish. And then once we wrap okay. that up, then we can kind of come together with these big generalizations, see see where they sit, if, if that makes sense to us. So I got the schedule here. Let's start with Sacramento State tomorrow. Win. Win. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Win. Your Long Beach State on the 11th. Yeah, I will be there uh, rooting for him, hmm. <laughs> but uh, win. Yeah, I, I think UCLA played him twice last year. And ironically, it was Jules Bernard and Johnny Juzang, who I think combined for 50 plus each time out, they were 40 plus, whatever. It, the two of them were the offense, and, and UCLA mm-hmm. blew him out because of those two both times. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're still going to win. Uh, November 14th against Norfolk State. That's a win. Win. Yeah. Then you get into the fun ones. Got November 18th against Illinois. That is in Las Vegas. Let me see. Is Illinois right? Yeah, they're number 23. They 20, 23. Yeah, they were ranked yeah. 23. Yeah. yeah. I still um, think so it's they, a win because Illinois is Illinois is coming from east to west. They're coming a lot further. It's it's Vegas for them because they, you know, they come from cold, windy Chicago or Illinois, rather. So I think it's a win. Yeah, I, I also have that down as a win. Uh, two days later, 
you have either Baylor or Virginia, let's say because we have them beating Illinois, then it's the winner of Baylor or Virginia. Mm. Baylor's ranked higher in the preseason, so let's say it's Baylor, who's ranked number five right now. I might, I mean, it'll be a good game, a fun game, but it, it, I think for me, that goes down as a loss. Baylor uh, under Scott Drew has just been really good. He's a great coach. That'll be a fun one. I, I kind of a, a what if of sorts. If, if Gonzaga hadn't hit that buzzer beater in the final four in 2021, <laughs> then UCLA would have played Baylor in the championship game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. even though the, the people are different, uh, and the the players, uh, Davion Mitchell's with the with the Kings, and Johnny Juzang's with the Jazz, and guys have moved on all over the place. But still, it'll it'll be fun to have that matchup kind of come to fruition. Who who are you taking in that one, though, Travis? That's a tough one, honestly. I think that's the first true like big test of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think I think um, you know what I'm gonna go with them the upset Baylor. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for the upset. Okay, so I think at that point. They beat so they they open the year with three wins against uh, mid majors, and then they beat a top twenty five Illinois and a top five Baylor team. Then UCLA is in the top five. Who knows? Top three. So the number eight now. I don't. I, yeah. You know. Yeah. So I'm, I'm pretty sure if they beat Baylor, they'll be top five for sure. Yeah. Okay. Back to the schedule. After that, they return from Vegas. They play Pepperdine. Win. Win. They play Bellarmine, Bellarmine, Bellarmine. I know they played him last year before if they played I, if I can't say it, I can't, yeah, I can't say it, win. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's funny. It was a really ugly game last year. They didn't play a very good first half. Peyton Watson had his best game of his career in that. Yeah, uh, like 27 points or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think he broke 20 in that or, or got somewhere around there. Um, mm. But, yeah, that's a win. They're, they're playing that. That was a weird game right before the Gonzaga game in Vegas. This one's at Poly. They're They're going to win. Yeah. Then you got the early conference games uh, starting up right after that, December 1st at Stanford. Win. Yeah. I, I have it as a win. I think this this is an interesting one. I think Stanford was picked to finish fifth uh, in the Pac-12 in the preseason media poll. They had one first place vote. I don't know who was picking Stanford to win the Pac-12. <laughs> it's definitely a bold pick. But to go at Stanford in December after this Vegas trip that I'm picking them to win and, and I'm not really going to waver too much, but that's definitely one to keep an eye on. Yes. Uh, they um, lost to Stanford. What is it? Two years ago. Yeah. Uh, that was an ugly you know, one. That, uh, yeah, the, the yeah. Under the, he cut under the basket. Was that Pearson Ingram or yeah. I forget who it was. Yeah. That was, that was an ugly one. Laps on defense, probably Mick mm-hmm. Cronin's least mm-hmm. favorite game ever. <laughs> uh, and there have been some crushing ones, but the the way that it fell apart on defense there, I can imagine that keeps them up at night. Get December fourth at home against Oregon. When? Uh, I'll also go. Only reason. Yeah, I, I I know they they'll be thinking about it. I know at least Nick Cron will be thinking about like last year they beat at UCLA in in Poly. So... I think Mick Cronin three years in at UCLA. Is Owen five against Oregon? I want to say he hasn't beat Oregon mm. yet. So that's Dan, well, Dan Altman's been a thorn in his side. And yeah, even last year when they had a, a definite off year, they they won yeah. by three, I think it yeah. was at yeah. Pauly with no fans or right coming off that one month COVID the, break yeah, and everything. Yeah. And 
a lot of excuses to go around and, and rightfully so that was a weird game like a lot of UCLA's games the past few years but um yeah I think that's when Mick Cronin finally gets the monkey off his back and beats Dan Altman yeah yeah all right no, I think they win. I, think, I don't think Oregon has the talent this year yeah, yeah. December 10th against Denver that's a win well, you said the, all, the school name was Denver yeah Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I, yeah. I know them uh, as, a, as a hockey school. I, I didn't know they were D1 in basketball, but there you go. I, ne- I didn't are. know I didn't know they was a D1. I never heard of them, but okay. <laughs> then you got December 14th. This is the the only true road game uh in the non-conference schedule. It's at Maryland. I'm going to say loss. Just because, you know, the pressure builds up. They're like in my record, they're like, what is it, 10-0 and 0, whatever? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I think it's a loss because, like you said, Maryland, Cottage Station is a hard place to play. Uh, played there once. Fans are crazy. I'm not saying Maryland is good. I just think they're like, it's one of those weird games where they can lose. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Who, who's there? Do they take the coach from Xavier? Um... Yeah, I know they got a new coach. Um... But I can't think of it. I can't think of his name. Yeah, let me see. Uh, yeah, Kevin Willard. Um, he was. Where was he before? I don't know. He was at Seton Hall, not Xavier Seton Hall. Okay. So. Okay. Yeah, his first year, they they're not getting any votes in the AP. I I have him down as a win there. So. Okay. So right, I think we you have him beating the Baylor Virginia. Yeah. Whoever that is, I have yeah. him beating Maryland. Uh, so we're both at 10 and one. Okay. 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 Then you got December 17th against Kentucky. I think that one's a Madison square garden. Yeah. I think that's a loss. I, I think it's a loss too. Yeah. I and think, I, uh, I think Kentucky's really good. Maybe overall same tier as UCLA, but yeah, I yeah. know these regular season games against UNC and Kentucky, uh, the, the CBS sports classic, whatever, whoever they end up playing in those, it just mm-hmm. has not gone particularly well. I don't know if yeah, it's yeah. the time of year it's coming right after finals, uh, the, the travel to these neutral sites, which uh, Kentucky and UNC usually have better traveling crowds, <laughs> yeah, especially like in, in New York. I feel like that'll yeah, be big yeah. for Kentucky. You'll have yeah. UCLA fans there for sure, but uh, no. th- those never go well. And Kentucky, I mean, Oscar Shibway is going to be going against, a freshman Adembona with eleven games under his belt, and that could be messy. I mean, yeah, Adembona in the scrimmage. We we didn't talk about the exhibition, which they they won. Um, they beat Concordia. Adembona um, was not didn't look very developed in offense, but he blocked five shots, had had a steal, only only one turnover. Mm-hmm. He's an athlete. He's he's a freak, and he can make up for other people's lapses on defense but mm-hmm. i know how, how i feel about him matching up with oscar Sheepway <laughs> right as he starts his career no no i think uh oscar Sheepway obviously was national player of the year last year he averaged what it was mm-hmm. like 17 points and like 17 rebounds or whatever it was something he's ridiculous. a monster yeah he's yeah. a monster for for kentucky and obviously kentucky i watched them play like one of their little preseason games uh you know I think their Calipari is going to have them laser focused because what happened at the end of the year last year with them getting upset 15 2, uh, 15 C to a, you know, two C. Yeah, to the St. Peter's. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's a, t- that's a hard matchup for the UCLA big man. I don't know if anybody matches up with Ashishiwe. Yeah. 
So we have them at 10 and 2. You got UC mm-hmm. Davis. That's a win. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then you got the real Pac 12 schedule kicking in December 30th at Washington State. Ooh, win though. Win. I hate yeah. I hate Pullman. I hate playing in Pullman. I, I remember uh, you were talking about that last year, but <laughs> I, still, I still got picking to win that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's a tough look. Trust me. It's it's cold. It's it's that you stay in this little little. I mean, at least we did. We stayed in this little little Ricky Deak hotel. I, mean, um, I don't know how many giant five four star hotels. Yeah, there exactly. Are in Pullman, so like one one light. <laughs> I was like, oh man, we gotta hurry up and get this win so we can get home. So yeah, so I win, but I think it's gonna be a lot closer than what people think. Okay, then you got New Year's Day at Washington, and keep in mind that Washington, uh. Is were they, were they picked to finish second to last? I, I don't know. They're down there. They they've been they're they're not supposed to be very good this year at all. <laughs> well, I would say this: they're not they're not that good. But uh, you know, they, it's a tough place to play. But I think UCLA wins. Yeah. Um. Who's who's their coach again? Um. Is it Lorenzo Omar? No, he's not back there. No, no, no. Um. Washington. Basketball coach, Mike Hopkins. Mike Hopkins. Okay, uh, okay, okay. He's been awful, just awful these past <laughs> few years. I mean, he's had good players come through, transfer in as five star freshmen, and just nothing, absolute nothing. They actually have um, a the, the Kentucky transfer in there now this year. Uh, the athlete, I can't think of his name. Forward, he's he's transferred into Washington this year. Oh, uh, Cam Brooks. Yeah, who, who was considering coming to UCLA? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he'll be he'll be pretty good. I think I may have voted for him to be um, uh, on my preseason All Pac-12 team. Uh, I'm, I can't yeah. remember if he made it or not, but he's yeah, he's a good player. Yeah, good player. But UCLA wins that one. Yes. Okay. January fifth at home against USC. Which before we get into this, I think the Pac-12 is trying to screw over UCLA for leaving. Because January 5th is the Friday of it's during winter break. Classes don't start till the following Monday. So the rivalry game <laughs> at Poly Pavilion against your crosstown rival, the one game that I mean the Arizona game and Oregon, like they, there are games that drop plenty of fans and get the students all riled up. But the premier game is when none of the students are there. And people are on vacation. And people are like, what are you doing? I, I think the Pac 12 screwing with them because of the move to the Big Ten. But anyways, Travis, January 5th, home against USC. What are you picking? Win. I, I am too. I am too. UCLA. I don't know how SC is going to be this year. I don't think they're going to be as good as they were uh, last year. And last year, they, you know, like UCLA beat them, you know. So, um, yeah, I think win. Win for, win for UCLA. Yeah, I, I think – Drew Peterson will be good for them. He kind of torched UCLA at times the past couple of years. Uh, Boogie Ellis, he's pretty good. He's inefficient. He's he's a high volume point guard. I, uh-huh, I think uh-huh. Tyre Campbell pretty much handles handles him any time they they match up. Um, that that's one where Adembona could probably do really well because he's not going against the Mobley brother anymore. They they're they're out of that's those. What I said he's, they, 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 <laughs> and, and and he they, was their main guy. So like yeah, that's a big thing. For them. And then they had a uh, Vince Awuchuku move. I I'm not Iwu Chukwu. 
<laughs> I don't know. Probably botching it. I feel bad about that. I'm trying my best. But uh, he had a, a heart failure and collapsed on the court uh, about a month ago. So he's mm. out indefinitely. Uh, I don't know if he's back by January, if he's going to play at all this year. They've been pretty, uh, pretty vague about what his timetable is. Uh, probably when you look at someone like Sharif O'Neal, who didn't come back for a full year plus. Uh, the, the guy from Florida who did, did he ever play again? Did, no, I, no. Yeah. So they, they, they don't never, I guarantee you how college basketball works. They will never, ever, ever want to Hank, uh, 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 um, Hank Aaron. No, Hank uh, Aaron. Hank, uh, yeah. From it was LMU gathers. Yeah. They will yeah. never, they will, they will hold him out for two years because yeah. they don't want anything to ever happen. Like what happened to Hank. Um, and yeah, like you said, Sharif O'Neal came back, you know, like a, a year and he basically had to move schools. So yeah. he is not playing this year. He is not going to play. I, I would be shocked if he's on the court this year. Yeah. So that, that'll give it then bone of the, the leg up on the USC bigs without Vince in there. Yeah. Okay. Then you got January 12th, picking that as a win at home. Yeah. So that Utah game. Both have them winning. That's fifteen and two, six and zero oh in the Pac-12. Yeah. January fourteenth at home against Colorado. That's win. a win. 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 At Arizona State on the nineteenth. Revenge game should be a win. Yeah. After that was it double overtime? Yeah, Mess double of a game overtime last year. <laughs> that was that was disgusting. That was one of the worst played basketball games I've ever seen. Yeah. And UCLA. Should hopefully win this next time. Yes. So we have them sitting at 17 and 2, 8 and 0 in the Pac 12. Okay. But that record, you're, I mean, it depends. Probably top on, three, top yeah. five, top three. Yeah. Something. Yeah. You could be number one, you could be number three, but you are a true national championship, national championship contender at that point, yes. holding on to a number one seed in bracketology, all that. Easy. And then yeah. oh, you go at Arizona on January 21st. You know, I don't know what Arizona's looking like this year. Um, Not as good. I don't know if they're that. Yeah, obviously, they, you know, they lost the uh, the best player in the Pac-12 last year. By far, he was the best player. You know, the number six pick in the NBA draft. I, I would um, say they lost. <laughs> Arizona maybe had two of the four best players in the Pac-12 last year. Two uh, first-round picks. Yeah, you had Benning Matherin. You had Christian Coloco. Um it, just losing those two alone. I mean, they have uh, Kirk Risa, who is really inefficient, and now he's going to be even higher volume. I don't know how great that's going to be for them. Um, <laughs> but they have Tabulas coming back. He's, he's going to be really good. Pelle Larson will be stepping up a little bit more. He was a sixth man for them. Uh, he's probably going to be a starter from what I've seen. Uh, it was Umar Balo, uh, who is a really physical, big, big off the bench. Yeah, uh, yeah. he'll be He'll be starting for them. You got a, a couple of freshmen and international guy who I think joined kind of late off the top of my head. So they're good. They have guys They They got first place picks in the preseason media poll. I'm picking them to lose. I'm picking UCLA to lose at Arizona in this January matchup though. Yeah. It, I mean, even though Cronin's had success at, at Arizona, um, I think they probably lose um, just because it's hard to play Mikhail. Mikhail's a heck of a place to play. Uh, you have to really beat Arizona, really beat them to beat them. You know, um, anybody who's played at UCLA or any team that's went to McHale, if you leave it in the refs' hands, they might screw you. 
So you have to beat them. But let's just say they lose this one, uh, you know, in, 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 in Miguel. Yeah. So next game after that, January 26th at USC. I also have them down for a loss there, which I, I guess is back to back. But if you look at what these Mick Cronin UCLA teams have done over the last three seasons, there's always that kind of lull, maybe not a losing streak, but a downturn somewhere in yeah, January. Yeah, a couple, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, right yeah. before it takes a, a big step up down the stretch, there, there's always a bit of a lull. And I think this is when it hits. You get probably the, the second and third best teams in the Pac 12 on the road back to back. I, 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 think they lose both because i know we we're talking about the advantage they have over usc but as i think usc is pretty good all things considered and i, I want to say they split the series this season so i have them losing that falling to 17 and 4 8 and 2 in the pack 12 no i have them winning that game <laughs> all right there you go <laughs> it's sweet baby sweet all right next one february 2nd at home against washington don't get about a win. Yeah, win. Uh, then you got home against Washington State. Win. 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 Yeah. February 9th at Oregon State. Oregon State's atrocious. They're going to beat them. <laughs> I don't, I don't care yeah. if they're playing on the moon or <laughs> doesn't matter. They're beating yeah. Oregon State. Win. Then at Oregon. That might be tough. Yeah. Uh, I think with, with the trouble they've had against Oregon these past couple of years on the road. I think they they lose that one. I, I, I put a loss down because like like Oregon is always tough to play in Oregon. So yeah, let's say a loss. Okay, then you got home against Stanford. Win. Yeah, again Stanford's pretty good, but I think they win that especially at home. Mm-hmm. February seventeenth, home against Cal. Cal's a pretty win. decent team, but that's a win. Yeah, is that Poly? I don't think Cal. Went, I don't remember yeah. the last time Cal even won a Poly. So yeah. Um. At Utah. Win. Yeah. Win. At Colorado. Tough win. Tough, win. tough another tough one, but win still, I think. Mm-hmm. Yep. We're gonna say about there. Then you got the last weekend here. Home against Arizona State. Win. Yep. And then home against Arizona, regular season finale. Win. win. Got okay. Win. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you have them at 27 and 4. I have them at 26 and 5. You have them at 18 and 2 in conference. I have them at 17 and 3. Either way, I think that puts them as the one seed in the conference tournament. Yes. And then in that case, they if we think they're the one seed, then we think they're going to win in the quarterfinals and in the semifinals and probably rematch with Arizona or USC or Oregon in the finals. Mm-hmm. And then who knows how that one goes, but I mean, they were looking pretty good against Arizona last year when Arizona was the superior team until the yeah. last eight like minutes 10, of that yeah. game. Yeah, yeah. Um, Let's just say I think they go including the Pac-12 championship. Uh, so 30. do you have them winning the Pac-12 championship? I have them, I have them getting there to the Pac-12 championship. Okay. And when I get there, it's kind of 50-50, you know? Okay. Because, I, yeah, I think to get there, they would be they entering play. the game at, at for, for with, your, with your predictions would be yeah. 29 and 4. And then if they 29. won it, they'd be 30 and 4. Okay. So, yeah, I have them winning – yeah, about 28 to 30 games this year before the tournament. tournament. So I think there'll be a one seed. I will be shocked if they're not, unless, like I said, Arizona's a lot better than what we think they are. Uh, and yeah, and, and Tommy Lloyd's a good coach. He, he They yeah. were better than expected last year. So who knows? He could do it again. Yeah, 
Yeah, maybe. But like I think UCLA, like I said, I think they're regular season Pac-12 champs. And I want to say probably Pac-12 tournament champs. This is just me. But obviously, when 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 it's the third game, three nights, you just, you know, you never know how, you know, te- the guy can get hurt or whatever the case is. Yeah. So I want to save the Pac-12 championship for then. But like, yeah, I got them at 29 and four. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty much in that same boat at 29 and five if, if they win the Pac-12 championship in my book, uh, mm-hmm. in which case when the regular season and conference tourney, 29 wins, you're you're one seed. You might be the fourth one seed. I don't know if there's a 30 and two team out there, but I I've, I feel pretty good about that being a one seed. And maybe that, that's an impressive yeah. season. Maybe. Yeah, no, tremendous. I think. I think they'll be better this year than they were last year, uh, record-wise, and just uh, you know, I just think that like this year, it's they're younger, but more roles are defined. I think there won't be guys that's trying to get go to the pros besides one player, but I don't think he's that kind of player. Uh, I think, like I said, like Jaime is going to play his game. He's not going to you know shoot 15, 30 times. He's not going you know he's going to just play. And same with Tiger. Like, they have a good mix of bets in, in youth to where, like, I think they, you know, they can really show them how to win. I think they're going to be really, really excited this year. Yeah. I, I think when it comes to the the balance of personalities and play styles and, and the attitudes of all these guys, I think it's a really good mix. I mm-hmm. think when you have someone like Tiger Campbell and Jaime mixed with All-Americans like Bona and Bailey. And, and Bailey, who... It is really more low key and and more hoop centric than you'd assume for someone who is a top five recruit in the country, as hyped for as long as he was, has all the hoops mixtape and his mom was dating Drake and all, all that crazy <laughs> stuff and the headlines and yeah, and yeah, for someone yeah. with all that circus around them, he's he's about ball, he's about hoops, mm-hmm. and and he will play in a system and. On top of that, he's a freak athlete who can get to the rim at will. So that that'll be fun to see. I think the biggest questions are who's taking your threes? Because last year Johnny Juzang and Jules Bernard took a lot of them. David Singleton is here and he'll hit the threes he takes. He'll shoot forty percent. Yes. Um Tiger showed that he could yes, shoot forty percent last year. I mean. But in terms of the volume, you have to get a certain number of attempts to get defenses to spread out and respect you taking threes and that that's a big question to me because i don't know if i want jalen clark jack jacking up four threes a yeah game. yeah because i mean he says he's improved in the offseason and and i guess we'll see in practice he's looked a little bit better but overall i, I still don't think it was a three-point shooter so no, is no, bailey no. gonna kind of add to the slashing aspect of his game be a better shooter is tiger gonna be taking more threes and distributing less, I don't know. That I'm a little concerned about where the three pointers come from in terms of attempts. And then the big man rotation is definitely a question mark. Got a, got a Dembona. Looks like an athlete. Looks like a real prospect, real dude. Played 25 minutes a game. Matt Etienne still hasn't come back from his torn ACL from last year. He'll probably be better, be ready to go soon. Um, but other than that, you got him, and then you got Kenny Nwuba. Um, who didn't look very good in that ex- exhibition game last week. Um, he, he's 
slimmed down and, and he's he's in better shape, but he still looks a little slow and and maybe not as quick as as some of these other guys when it comes to getting the ball at the top of the key. What does he do with the ball? Does he shoot? Does he pass the dribble? It looks a little more skittish and worried out there. Um, it, it he he's a guy that is is good to have on the roster, and, and he showed in March Madison twenty one that he could rough some guys up and, and rebound and play decent defense, take charges. But if he's your backup center getting fifteen minutes a game, I don't know how great I feel about that. So I think Mac Etienne needs to come back as soon as he can, uh, health wise. And, and for, for his sake, I, I hope he's pretty good. I, I hope that he and the can kind of split those minutes off the bench and Mick Cronin can kind of use them in different situations instead of, Oh, backup, big starting big. That's it. Now, if, if he has options then he can be, Oh, does he want two bigs out there? Oh, they have this seven, two guy out there. So let's put Nwuba there. They, they're going small. So let's put uh Mac at center when, when uh, Bone is on the bench, so all these different things. So once Matt gets back, I'm a little bit more comfortable with what they have going on down there. Uh, until then, little shaky. But yeah, those are my concerns. Other than that, like you said, this team should probably finish with a better record than they did last year. There's a lot of things going right for this team. We have them approaching 30 wins, somewhere between a, a high two and a low one seed. That's pretty good. Those are high expectations. We we understand that, but I, I mean, this team that first year under Mick, they were under 500 in January, rattle off a bunch of wins in a row. I think that was 10 out of 12 or something like that uh, to finish the year. They're probably going to make the tournament. COVID cancels it next year. They make the final four the year after that, make the sweet 16. They have the highest winning percentage in pack 12 play over the last three seasons uh, out, out of any of the 12 teams. Right, just ahead of USC, just ahead of Oregon and Arizona. This is a good team. It's a good program. And this season should be a fun one. Absolutely. And there are a lot of games to circle on the schedule, and we'll we'll be here to talk about it. It'll it'll be a fun time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm excited. I think what you know, coach has done is he's brought you silly back. You know, we were down for a couple of years. And now we're back. We're back to what we should be prominent top 10 ranked preseason, mm-hmm. you know, have a player of the year candidate in the Pac 12 and Jaime. Um, and Tiger. Really, yeah. And <laughs> Tiger. <sleep. laughs> yeah. And Tiger. No, seriously. Yeah. You're right. You know, probably a newcomer or freshman of the year in Bailey. Um, I just, I, I love where the program's going. I think we're on the up, up and up swing and we're going to continue to get better. I, you know, I really think that. You know, um, like I said, like you said, Final Four and then Sweet Sixteen. Maybe this year, Elite Eight, Final Four kind of team because you just, I don't like. We were saying like, is there a team that's like a thirty-win team? It could be North Carolina. They did bring four out of five starters back, but you don't know how that hangover is. You know, they could. Yeah. Obviously, they're preseason number one. I think they won a lot of games, but you just don't know. Um, do I think Kansas will be good? That'd be decent. I don't think they'll be as good as they were last year. Uh, but I think UCLA is in that mix, and that's all you can be. I think they'll improve. So I'm excited for this year for them just to see uh, how far, you know, how far they can go. I think they can go really far. Yeah, it'll be an interesting season. High expectations yet again. Like you were saying, Mick Cronin has, I don't want to say brought this program back from the dead, but 
made it what it should be. And, yes. and, and we love that just in terms of people who watch the, this team and talk about this team. It's interesting when the team's good, when, when people care, when the expectations are high. So we will, uh, we'll make sure to hold into that. This season. No, no free passes, <laughs> no excuses this year. Got a high bar. <laughs> 30 so, wins, man. 30 wins. Let's go. Oh yeah. <laughs> so thank you for listening to this week's episode of believe in UCLA presented by bet online. Travis, thank you for joining me as, as co-host again. Uh, where can people find you in your work online? Pretty much they can find me on uh, Instagram uh, at Travis W. Reed. That's R-E-E-D, Travis W. Uh, on Instagram, I post, uh, and Facebook, Travis W. Reed. Um, I post all my social media stuff on there. And uh, if you're looking for like reels and skits, I'm, I'm also on TikTok. Uh, you know, put that on there. I forgot that. I've been forgetting to mention it. I've been on there for like a month. Uh, I'm on TikTok is Travis uh, Travis Reed on there. All right, sounds good. And you can follow me on Twitter at Sam Conan, or you can head on over to AllBruins.com, which is the UCLA site on the Sports Illustrated Fan Nation networks. All the UCLA content you could need. This episode's going up on there. Got news on, on the, the games, previews, recruiting. Uh, could be something happening Monday. Got Andre Stojakovic making his commitment announcement tomorrow, Travis. So maybe he'll uh, maybe he'll pick UCLA. Let's maybe go, let's be leading go. That way. He could take Stanford <laughs> or Texas, but UCLA, that'd be a big ad for them. Stay tuned uh, over on All Bruins. You can follow us on Twitter at FN underscore All Bruins or on Facebook at fn.allbruins. So again, thank you for listening. Make sure to come back next week, week after that, all that fun stuff. Stay tuned and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.